0: Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Our conversation today will bring you up to speed on a range of developments within the Beltway and beyond. Uh, Joining me for the conversation, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So, Shane, welcome back. Happy Friday and thank you for joining us here on the podcast. Good to be with you as always, Dan, and uh, I hope you're doing well. Likewise. Thank you, Shane. So, a busy week in Washington and around the world a lot to cover so maybe we can begin with President Biden I know he did cap off his first year in the White House with a press conference this was back on Wednesday and this press conference had spanned nearly two hours I'm sure the press corps would have gone longer but much was covered we did hear a wide range of questions asked of the president so I'm curious Shane of everything that was covered what were some highlights that stood out to you
1: yeah no you're right, and I mean this is one of the longest press conferences I remember uh at least in recent history. so you know a lot of ground w- was covered in those uh nearly two hours um and you know hitting a variety of big important topics you know, whether it be from foreign affairs you know specifically Ukraine and Russia, or you know things on the home front like uh the ba- the build back better initiative and its status you know i think that was kind of a notable for me is to, uh, you know hear president uh, biden you know not giving up he he throughout the press conference somewhat was you know defiant and you know standing his ground and for the bbb you know he's not giving up he's gonna uh make a renewed push for it you know and and he said you know essentially you know, maybe they'll scale it back or break it up I don't think it'll be broken up in the sense that we'll see two or three different bills um, because the reconciliation process is, is kind of um, finicky in its rules. I think what we're more realistically looking back at uh, looking at is, you know, one bill, um, you know, that's going to be negotiated and negotiations have started in earnest with Senator Manchin um, and it'll be, you know, scaled back. Uh, and more targeted than the bill that passed the house. So I think that's kind of where we're heading. And, you know, I think, uh, the president, you know, is, is trying to, uh, pivot a little bit and approach 2022 a little bit differently than 2021 and, you know, how he approaches lawmakers, and Republicans and Democrats and consensus building. So I think, you know, we're, we're going to see a little bit of a reboot from the Biden administration.
0: Thank you, Shane, for providing some highlights there. Now, during the press conference, and this lends itself to foreign affairs a bit, but President Biden, he predicted an eventual invasion of the Ukraine by Russia. I know that's been walked back a bit by uh, Jen Psaki, the press secretary, even Vice President Harris yesterday. So some clarification there from the White House as to what President Biden meant or did not mean. And he also suggested some alignment issues amongst NATO members. Now, these remarks, they did yield some controversy ahead of key Russia-U.S. talks, which are actually taking place today. So, Shane, what has the fallout been from the president's remarks on this particular issue and what is expected to come from these latest rounds of talks uh, taking place right now?
1: Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. His his remarks uh, gained uh, some controversy as, you know, the takeaway from some was that he was essentially giving Russia the green light to invade Ukraine. And, you know, so um especially even those in Ukraine were very concerned about um this and, you know, what it means. I think, you know, as you mentioned, this has been walked back and, you know, you've already seen, as you mentioned uh Secretary say, Blinken meet with um, his counterpart Lavrov from Russia uh, to discuss this. And you know, Secretary Blinken describes their talks of today as you know not negotiations, just trying to understand the positions uh, that uh, each each side is taking. You know, anytime you have diplomatic conversations like this, you know, and things don't go awry, it's a positive because they're constructive conversations. But, you know, there remains a great concern uh, over uh, the Russian buildup of troops. And, you know, I think, you know, what President Biden was, you know, inartfully saying was that if you talk to, you know, any intelligence um, official who is watching this uh, situation would say, you know, you don't amass, some 100,000 troops on the border of Ukraine and not intend to use them. So, you know, the the uh, positioning of Russia remains very concerning. And, you know, NATO allies are also very concerned because, you know, you see uh, Russian aggression playing out in other countries. I, I believe Russia has um, also uh, said, said that they want to see foreign troops out of uh, some of their former satellite countries like Romania and Bulgaria. So, you know, Russia, this is uh, to an extent empowering Russia and making them feel like a player on the national stage. And, you know, the, the chest thumping is very concerning, but also we have to keep in mind that it's not just concerning for Russia, you know, uh, some, somewhere like North Korea where Kim Jong-un, you know, he hates to be ignored. So, you know, with the spotlight off him this is something that could lead to some volatility out of him as well so you know we live in a very dangerous world and these past few weeks uh continue to demonstrate that
0: a lot of implications here as you pointed out shane and we will keep a close eye on eastern europe and uh, see how this develops so i do want to come back stateside i know late wednesday this following president biden's press conference if we move up to capitol hill the senate and this was following hours of debate uh, they voted to block rule changes to the filibuster which effectively ended the prospects for voting rights legislation so what have we been hearing from lawmakers in washington in the wake of these developments uh, namely from let's say senate minority leader Mitch McConnell and senate majority leader Chuck Schumer
1: yeah no that's right this the senate's contentious debate on uh, voting reform you know came to a close this week and and I think, you know, um, all we saw all week Democrat and Republican lawmakers uh, exchange familiar charges of voter suppression and voter fraud, and these uh, charges will reverberate throughout uh, the year as we head towards the midterm elections. Uh, and I think action on voting uh, reforms has stalled, um, but there may be actually bipartisan agreement on clarifying um, the election, the rules on how electoral votes from the president election are considered um, and approved by Congress. So this, you may remember from the 2020 election, the electoral count, which is how the electoral votes are counted by Congress and certified. I think you're, you're seeing a group of bipartisan lawmakers in the Senate um, start to negotiate in earnest and, you know, a good faith effort to see if they can reach some agreement here. And you're seeing, um, Leaders from both parties, like Senator McConnell, uh, Speaker Pelosi, etc., you know, um, you know, show interest in uh, something being done here. So I think while while you'll have some Democrats view as it, too small of a consolation prize after not enacting broader uh, voting reform legislation, this legislation you know um, could pass, uh, but we have to see if you know these uh, bi- this bipartisan group of lawmakers can actually. Coalesce around
0: a set of reforms. So, Shane, to close out the conversation, I do want to follow up on an item that we covered last week. I believe we heard news about this topic uh, shortly after we wrapped up last week's podcast, but the Supreme Court did deliver a split ruling on President Biden's vaccine mandate applied to the private corporations as well as healthcare workers. So, can you break down for us, Shane, the outcome? and maybe speak to the reception of the rulings and the implications of them.
1: Yeah, so, you know, you're right. And I think this is something that gets lost in translation often, is that there were two different um, rulings, you know, from the court. The first was, you know, um, where the Supreme Court essentially um, agreed with the Biden administration about, you know, essentially putting strings attached to um you know those who receive money from medicare and medicaid so if you're a doctor or a nurse you know you will have to comply with this mandate to um you know be vaccinated or regular testing etc um because the government does have the authority to essentially use that as leverage and and um and use a, a string there to ensure uh vaccination however um, the Supreme court in a separate ruling shot down the administration's um, uh, 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 regulation to mandate vaccination or regular testing for companies with 100 employees or more um, this was a mandate that uh, republicans you know really uh, disagreed with because they believed it was an overstep of the federal government and the supreme court agreed with them i think you know for what is the reception you know of this ruling the reception for th- this part uh, from republicans is really well received you know they feel validated that you know they their belief in how our our constitutional system works you know federal government uh, versus state government you know is uh, was recognized by the supreme court um a lot of uh, democrats you know feel that uh, you know this was um the incorrect ruling by the Supreme Court, but, you know, are, are you know, trying to retrench and figure out if there is a next step here. I think, you know, the implications are that you're seeing a lot of those private companies deal with this on their own. They have to figure out, you know, what's right uh, and best for them as a company to keep their employees, you know, you keep hearing about the great resignation and they're trying to figure out, will, you know, imposing their own mandate on employees you know, push uh, employees away? Or will it maybe attract new talent? So, you know, this is going to be something that I think companies, you know, kind of struggle with, as a lot of companies are are struggling with uh, the right labor force right now. So, you know, this will be an ongoing struggle uh, for a variety of reasons, not only COVID, but, you know, um, how do companies react
0: Well, it is indeed a complicated story set of circumstances, so Shane, appreciate the clarity and speaking to the implications of the rulings from the Supreme Court on this matter. But thank you for dropping by as always, Shane. Really appreciate your insights and for covering the ground that you did for our listeners, our clients. Wish you a nice weekend and looking forward to picking back up the conversation with you next week.
1: Thank you, Dan. Have a great weekend. I look forward to catching up with you next week.
0: Thank you, Shane. And again, today we've been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So as a reminder to our clients, our listeners, please be sure to reference the latest Washington Weekly publication, which can be located on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. The Washington Weekly podcast is part of the UBS and the Now podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit ubs.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. The information in this discussion has been prepared by and reflects the opinions and various investment views of the speaker. UBS Financial Services Inc. has not independently verified such information and does not guarantee its accuracy or completeness. This information is being provided to you for your information purposes only and does not constitute a recommendation or an endorsement by UBS Financial Services Inc. of the author, the securities or views stated herein. Any specific securities securities discussed should not be considered a recommendation or solicitation to buy or sell any particular security. You should not assume that any investment in any of the securities was or will be profitable. UBS Financial Services, Inc. or its affiliates and its employees are not affiliated with any third-party speakers mentioned. UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, different in material ways. We are governed by different laws and separate arrangements